right, well, welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike Garcia Brian. Hello. Check us out on netsdaily.com, Almighty Baller Radio, at BK Glue Guys on Twitter, iTunes. Give us a rating. Five stars. We need it. We want it. Please do it. Uh, netspod at Gmail for your voicemails and email. Uh, thank you so much. Brian, welcome back. Welcome back to you, Mike. Thanks for having me, by the way. Hey, I'm glad to have you back here on the Mike Smelt Show. I don't yeah. Know. Um, no, Thanksgiving break. Yeah. Didn't yeah. go. It, you know, it was it was off and on for the Nets. You know, thank you all listeners for coming back. I know we're all turkeyed out and we're ready to talk turkey. No, uh, you had a turkey. You OD'd, didn't you? OD'd a little bit. Yeah. Because um, I was staying in the house where the Thanksgiving dinner was made. Oh. I'm cheap, so I like leftovers. Wow, so, I so you're ate just mainline and gravy four for four days of leftovers. Yeah, no one else in the house did but me. Wow. Um, my wife's grandmother made an icebox cake. You know what this is? No, it's a. It's just layers of cookie and uh, like Kahlua soaked, um, like whipped cream. Okay. Just multiple layers of that. Sure. And I was the only one that liked it. Yeah. So I had that for four days. Was it too room. boozy for for a lot of people? You got to be careful with those boozy based. I thought it was treats. nice, but I, I think when pe- it's you look at it and you think that's bad for me. Like it's one of the those kind of desserts where you just see it immediately. You're like, there's nothing but just sugar and deliciousness. That's all what I I look at it as, and it was so great. I'm trying to think of how to uh, segue into the Houston Rockets game. Like oh. I, I take one look at it and know that it's bad. News it was like a sugar too- high constantly on that game. I feel like everyone was on a sugar high. Brian, like. I don't know. How do you feel about that Rockets game? I don't feel terrible. It's Honestly, weird... when you do, when you go in with four starters out of the game, or like, I mean, if you even have a fifth starter, I don't think we have a, a center really locked in. Hey, don't you don't you dare <laughs> don't talk that way about Zeller in the corner? Which like that. Zeller is it? Tyler? Tyler? Yeah. Tyler? Dog? Come on. Um, Doing pretty well actually. But uh, yeah, I mean, like for them to be down four starters, maybe five, I guess, if you're calling Mozgov's DMPs. <laughs> Whatever he, yeah. I think he played. Anyways. He actually played kind of okay. Yeah, he kind of, he kind of did break out of his slump a little bit. Maybe he took those DNPs to heart. But um, well, they were about to get steamrolled, and then TJ, what is it? Tucker, PJ Tucker, TJ Tucker, and, and Luke Bamute. TJ Pucker and Luke Bamute. Trevor Reza started talking that ished, and uh, and we gave him a run for the money from time to time. I mean, ultimately, like you know, we we keeled over, but um. But you know, way way later than we should have. Well, and like the team, the the teams that good teams that the Nets should beat are ones that aren't playing the same exact style that they are, right? Like the Nets' advantage is that they play the most you know mathematic leaning style of basketball, but the Rockets do it better, and that they have James Harden. So like we had talked about, like D'Angelo Russell obviously didn't play, but the guy he's compared to, the guy that the Nets want him to be like, is James Harden. Mm. So there's James Harden being awesome. They have Eric Gordon, who's a better shooter than anyone the Nets have. They just said like they and they play the exact same way. The only way the Nets are going to win a game against they, they really play good team the way the Nets aspire to play if they could in their wildest dreams. And it's like they can beat the Nets can beat the Cavs because the Cavs don't particularly play like a compelling style of basketball. No. They shoot a ton of threes too, but it's not in the purest sense of the way the Rockets and the Nets do. But I I think it's again tons of starters out like you said. And but the Nets kind of still went in there, made a little bit of a ruckus. Was it of that Brooklyn grit, dog? Is that Dude, what it, was? it was totally Brooklyn. Can we grit. can we agree to call PJ Tucker TJ Pucker from now on? Can yeah, that be a thing. That could be his shot. Yeah, the TJ Pucker. I just want to fire some shots. Um, but anyways, I mean, we also uh, got David Fisdale fired from after we <laughs> whooped on the Memphis Grizzlies. 
that it feels disrespectful to the Nets. That that ha- do you take pride in that, or do you do? Does that feel like something that is like, oh crap, you lost the Nets, you now need to be fired? I like. I I mean, just as you know, what what else? What else do we have going on outside of being the Grim Reaper for for coaches, <laughs> for coaches on their way out? Dwayne Casey, watch out, we're coming for you. Oh please. Um, Terry Stotts made it out just just by the skin of his feet. Barely. <laughs> yeah. Now they look awesome. Yeah. They beat the Knicks. Um, I actually kind of hope the Nets call up Fizdale and say, do you want a spot on the bench next to Atkinson? Because I always loved his sideline antics in Miami. You like that? He, he looks unlike a lot of coaches. Mm. He looks like a modern human being. Like most coaches, even mm, Eric Spolstra. What does that mean? Well, like most coaches look like they're still from the seventies. They still look like the. <laughs> they still look like I the. Would, I would love to pull up coaches from the seventies and see. No, just... no, actually, yeah, they they were more modern. Like Hubie Brown. Look at old Hubie Brown photos. For those who don't know him as a real coach, fantastic suits back in the day. Yeah. What I mean by that is like. The the look of the player, the the fashion of a player has progressed every couple of years there's a new style a new way people should be dressing mm. but the coaches remain stagnant the coach looks the same mostly you have young guys like brad stevens you have old people like doc rivers great but they all wear the suit you mean just the the clothes the Is clothes that, and they all just like took... they all look like what do you kind of think a coach should look like Fitzdale has the glasses are maybe different. Maybe how he, t- he acts on the sidelines is a little bit different. I'm not sure I agree his, with this this hot take. I gotta tell you, you don't you don't. Agree I mean, with I it. think there. Here's the thing. I think the spectrum ranges from nebbish, you know, the uh, you know the Van Gundy, <laughs> Van Gundys of the world, yeah. and then like you know Bill Russell in his short tenure. I think it like runs a pretty significant game. If you get an ex player in there, you're gonna have like a you know. But there is there is a stigma against tall dudes as head coaches. Sure. Sure. And, and but I guess Fitz still doesn't play into that because he's not a particularly tall guy, right? Um, I don't know, man. I don't what's, know, but Phil Jackson was. T- I mean, like, um, I don't know. Any any prejudices against tall coaches? I think you need to divide that by all. That's the why Patrick Ewing that, says he hasn't gotten a. He did not get an NBA head coaching job. Yeah, because I mean, they think. And there's I. I also think there's other things there, but. Um, oh, you don't want to touch that subject. Look at you. Look at you. Dodge that laser beam. <laughs> I mean. I'm a Syracuse fan. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about uh, the Georgetown guy. Nice, nice. You know, whatever. Anyways, Brian, the Nets basketball team. Um, you know, it, it's like this weird thing where we're watching this team, and you could run down the list of injuries and the players that they don't have, and they still kind of play. I mean, you touched on this earlier that they the their style of play now that they're not dependent on Brook Lopez. It is more the the success is more sustainable than it had been in years prior mm-hmm. like at the very least we have a good idea that this team is going to put up some amount of points they're going to play with a certain amount of pace that's challenging for another team to defend and spencer dinwiddie is season mvp right now yeah. um just because he's actually playing in basketball games unlike d'angelo russell do you want to get to the first of our two callers um absolutely <clears throat> talking about the fact that you know this is because Sean, now that now that everyone's hurt, um, Sean Kilpatrick's been getting some minutes. And if you're like me, you've been kind of yelling at your. T- I hate to do it, but I kind of yell at the TV when Sean Kilpatrick's in. He's he's my this year's Jarrett Jack. Um, I know, but I think he kind of played okay. He played okay in uh, in Houston. Did he or did he play really terrible? I, I there were moments. There were moments when I enjoyed him. Here's the thing. Here's my. Let me just play. Let me play Ben's hot take. Ben from Riverdale. Shout out to your boy. Everyone else. Great TV show on CW, by the way. Riverdale. I don't. I know it's not based on the town. 
but it's a really good TV Here's show. Here's a weird thing about Mike. He knows all of the cable and network television sitcoms <laughs> and like <laughs> right off the top of his head. I think you think that it's an insult. You say it as an insult. No, it's like, you know, my wife can <clears throat> name cars. Like she just like knows the make, model, and year of like most cars that are driving around. Which That's cool. It's sort of just like on the spectrum kind of thing. So I think it's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> kind of a special thing. Anyways, Ben from Riverdale. It's your boy. Netspot at gmail.com for everybody. Send in your MP3s or your voicemails to the phone number, which is... Don't know it anymore. God, me either. Netspot right. at gmail. It's the best way to do it, though. Honestly, just, it really send, just record it on your phone and send it to us. Everyone has an iPhone. Yeah. I actually, don't. Ben did call in. So that's this is from the Google Voice. Anyways, without further ado, here's Ben from Riverdale. <laughs> hey, this is Ben from Riverdale. Uh, so I've got told some Sean Kilpatrick hot takes. Man, my guy is, <laughs> he's, he's a black hole out there, and um, someone needs to tell him that Jeremy Lin and D'Angelo Russell not coming back anytime soon. Otherwise, I think he is going to continue chucking threes like his life depends on it. I mean, this is like a head-down... I'm just going to fling the ball at the basket kind of player right now, which is not great. Um, I would prefer maybe seeing Jared Allen get some point guard minutes over Sean Kilpatrick because he can. I he'd be scared enough to pass the ball. <laughs> uh, but so those are my thoughts on Sean can shit. Hot takes, Ben. Super hot takes. <clears throat> Thank you, Ben. So um, much. I think he was being hyperbolic, you know, purposefully when saying Jared Allen should right. run the point there. Uh, so nobody. Guys. By the way, I do. I just want to say I. I think I'm below the Jared Allen love that most of our fan base is at. I yeah. think they like him more on the court than I do at this moment. I just want to say, but wow, okay, well we'll talk. Let's let's couch that for but now. But I love him more off the court than almost anyone could possibly love anyone. So. so Ben's points are well taken. I think they're a little bit on the hyperbolic side. I do agree. I don't think he's a, a chucker by nature. I don't. I don't know that it's a chucking issue with him. I think that he's just a beat slow. His his the in game rhythm is just a beat slow than it slower than it needs to be. Like yeah, the right. decisions that he comes to are good. They're just they happen just a little bit after everyone else has already seen that decision kind of go go by. It's um, sort of like how I I feel like when I play NBA 2K like the older versions when the game yeah. wasn't quite fluid. Right. It's like you okay, I know that Kyle Korver is there in the corner and I have to get the ball to him, but I got to do cu- press a couple of buttons and get him that ball. But at that point my guy's kind of in a weird Right. Kilpatrick just is always sort of in a weird position. He should be better for this team. Like the fact is he's not like a great three-point shooter, but he should be a guy who can put up threes at a decent clip yeah. and be interesting being open and they need a guy who could drive to the hoop that's why he's playing he's playing because he's a creator ish right but he only he can't really create like one he wants to be a one-on-one breakdown as man kind of thing but his defender generally always kind of has a beat on him he doesn't have great like quickness he doesn't have a great first step or whatever he's not that big he's not that big so he needs to be he needs to be more of a cutter more of a like a dynamic finisher than just a uh, a guy who's trying to like beat his his man um which i think he's still figuring out how how to become that version of himself I mean, I think ultimately that, um, again, we talked about this a couple of pods ago, the fact that there was a moment last season when we thought Sean Kilpatrick was the third best player on the team. Yeah. And it's it's fine that he is who he is because I actually think he's better than his salary. Like, I talk about him a lot as being a nice little trade asset for a team that needs just some average bench help. 
Because he makes sense on a good team being like an eight-minute player who can come in and maybe score some points. Yeah. Like, that makes a little bit of sense. It doesn't really make sense on the Nets because when he gets the ball, there's not enough other players on the Nets who are good so that when he gets the ball, he has no advantage beyond what he has to bring to the table. There's yeah. no disadvantage that the defense is put into prior to him getting the ball, and he's limited in that. Right. But also, like, are there players that you're starving for to get minutes that he's taking? Well, not when everyone's hurt, obviously. Right. So, but, like, would you like to have a look at Milton Doyle over Sean Kilpatrick at the moment? You know I want to <laughs> see Milton Doyle. <laughs> like, if you don't know. Here's here's my thing with Sean Kilpatrick, too. I think he comes to the table with, like, I'm a scorer. I'm a microwave off the bench. This is who I am. I'm Vinny Del Negro. And, uh, and when he does that, that's – are you checking my, my levels are too high? No, your levels are your levels are good. Yeah. So I guess the 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 point I'm trying to make is that um, generally any of our any of our lineups outside of anything with D'Angelo Russell, so like our like banged up roster that can beat Memphis somehow. The team that's happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> the team that's happening right now. That, be, that nearly beat the Trailblazers. Right. And, that like ekes out like pretty hard won victories now and again. Or wasn't like, that bad against Golden State? Which right. Was whatever that was. I um, remember now. And or Cleveland. Uh, I mean, like yeah, we lost, but and like that was sort of written before it happened, but. Um, they looked good, you know, at times. That was br- oh god. That was um, so brutal. But uh yeah, so like when when those lineups are out there, there's no I- identity of like I'm the scorer in this in this lineup. Of these five guys, I'm going to be the one that's yeah. probably going to end up putting the ball in the basket. And that's kind of a uh, like when there's no one that's obviously really good at that, it's kind of beneficial to have everybody be on the same page as like, well, you may as well take this shot because there's no like just the most open guy is is really the best option. Um, whereas, that's, but that's also the reason why they are losing these games late because there's no right. D'Angelo Russell to be like, I'm going to score eight points in the next four to, minutes. To finish this thing out to be he's, awesome he's, and good. He's a great closer, and it's really a huge missing piece. Like it's terrible. Uh, I could see us have, having won that Blazers game easily with D'Angelo Russell to polish it off. Well, and I think so. Usage rate is a weird stat because it doesn't. All, all it means is that you're consuming possessions in a certain way. You're scoring points or getting assists or something like that. But um, D'Angelo Russell, before injury, you know, he still technically has it, is fifth in the league in usage rate. Who do you think is the lowest usage rate and highest scorer? Probably Otto Porter. You think? Or like Clay Thompson or like... Clay Thompson, yeah. yeah. Probably actually Clay Thompson. It would be, it's a guy who only touches the ball. DeAndre Jordan, actually. Yeah. Is, it has to be a guy just who... Just like a fraction second when he dunks it. Just, just yeah. dunks or threes, never assists, never yeah. does anything but... Just scoring the basketball. Um, I don't know how free throws factor into usage rate. Probably doesn't. But I guess if a possession ends in a free throw, that would be part of your usage rate. Lowest usage, highest assist rate. This is this is this would be a real brain buster. So that would be someone who just assists the ball a ton. Like but PJ McConnell score. or something. Yeah, like Malcolm Malcolm Brogdon yeah. was that type of dude. Anyways, these are just fun thought experiments. Um, <laughs> We're off topic. By the way, let's shout out that website. By the way, threeball.io. Yeah, I don't know who's behind it, but. If you, haven't, if you don't know what 3ball.io is, it's amazing. Uh, it, it's just a storage library of video clips of... Go to any player, type in Alan Crabb, and you can see every shot he took in this game, this game, this game. They just have them all right there for you. Just click play, and they show you. It's fantastic. So just we, shout out this to 3ball.io. This is our last free plug. 3ball.io, hit us up well, for sponsorship. Well, Flatbush and Atlantic, we're going to give a, yeah, a plug to. 
But that's not free, dude. That's we get free. We got a game. Anyways, oh, yeah. wait. Actually, here's we do have to do this, some. We sh- so d- unless you have any other thoughts about Sean Kilpatrick, no, I you don't. Get out? Okay, so let's take a break here and give us a word from our sponsors, and then we'll pick it back up after that. Okay, how about that? <laughs> How'd we do? That was excellent. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, any more mail? Um, yeah, we have another one, but that's going to spur this large conversation about a million other things. We can do that. Oh, yeah, let's actually do that. Yeah, let's do that. Hey, Glue Guys. This is Jerry from New Rochelle. I'm a fan of the pod. Just started listening this season. Wanted to get involved with this Nets potting thing. I just wanted to ask a question about the disabled player exemption that the Nets have. Sean Marks have been, has proven to be really good with the moves as far as making something out of nothing. Do you think he uses this? And if he does, who do you think gets dropped from the roster to make space? So, Jerry, thank you so much. Great, great uh, voicemail. I also love it. I don't want edited audio. Yeah. I love to hear the hum of whatever's in the background, licking a lips. I want it all. I want a natural. I like that Especially natural the feel. If you guys could uh, honestly, if you could lick your lips a little more, <laughs> actually, please don't do it. for for Mike. Yeah. Um, okay. So DP, we I think we both did a little bit of research here. Um, yes. Basically, the, the the nuts and bolts of it. It you can apply for it. it has to be by January. I wrote this down January fifteenth, but yeah. you don't have to make good on that after you've applied for it. it takes a week, and then you can actually. Uh, you know, sign a player. It has to be before Mar- March 10th. So this is a long process. Uh, the Celtics already did that with Gordon Hayward right away. The Nets haven't done it yet. They haven't applied for the DP. Um, I'm not sure why. That does it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Um, that, I don't think it ad- it doesn't add. You don't have to pay off that money. Like if you apply for it and don't use it, you don't have to then pay the league right, whatever. So why not just apply is. for it? Yeah, so I'm not really sure what would be the delay. Oh, and also everyone should know that it's half of the player salary for Can the I year. Can I be honest? What the, probably the delay could be part of is the fact that there's an ownership change, not exactly a change because Prokhorov is still in power, but because of the financials behind that, I don't know, because it would be $6 million, it's an right? an interesting theory, yeah. And that $6 million that maybe Prokhorov doesn't want to spend uh, to put on top of this team. Now, I don't think that's it, but I'm just saying... Like, I think there's a lot of things that we think, oh, no brainer. Why don't they just apply for it and do it? Yeah. Most of the time, it probably has to do with money coming from the guy who actually has the money and has to give the money. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows if that's the reason? So this is about Joseph Sy already being a penny pincher. That's what this <laughs> is about. I see. Um, so, and, and there's a couple of key things about the disabled player's exemption that if you sign someone, it only can be for that season, right? And if you trade for someone using it, you get an extra $100,000. Yeah, which is nothing, which is so weird. I don't know what that is. Yeah. But it can, that player can only be, his contract has to be up at the end of this season too. Right. So they could trade for someone who has a player option, but they have to decline the player option before the trade were to happen, Right. which isn't unprecedented. I think Chris Paul did that, not because of the DPE, but he declined his player option with the Clippers and then came mm-hmm. over to the Rockets. Okay, so the question is, do they use it? Who do they use it on? And who would then get the and, boot because they'd have to cut someone. More importantly, why is it not Jaleel Okafor? That's the big question. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So what do you have to find if you're going to do this at home? If you're going to play the DPE game at home, you have to find either a free agent who's worth spending $6 million or less on, which isn't hard, but there's why would you do it, right? Yeah. It doesn't help you. Or you have to make a trade 
um, and find a guy who's in the last year of his deal and is making less than six point one zero 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 and a penny million dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the names out there, the biggest ones, Julio Locofor. Yeah, he's got. They declined. The Sixers declined his option. He's not even playing with the team anymore. He's spoke, spoken publicly and not wanting to be with the team. They don't want him. Um, what do you think about that? Um, so, I mean, like, first of all, I just want to lay it all out there. I would obviously favor the so using the DPE to get Julie Okafor if that were yes. possible. That is the best option. We're going to go through a couple of the other options. but that. And I hate to say it, but the player that I would drop for that is Sean Kilpatrick because we do need a roster spot. That's the one that's taking up the roster spot. Um, Jaleel Okafor, okay, so there's a lot a lot to unpack there, right? Because sure. um, Jaleel Okafor, you, uh, all of the sort of circus around his not playing and, and like their the relationship with Philly souring aside, as of just a basketball player, does not fit the system that Kenny Atkinson yes. currently has. So that's a, like, you know, of the many red flags involved, this would be a pretty prominent one. That being said, I think... Th- I mean, at 22 years old, he's incredibly young, had a really good rookie year. You could teach a person like this with that skill set a lot of the necessary skills to play in a system like this. You look at a guy like Mark Gasol, and, you know, obviously, like, you know, a premier center and one of the better playmaking centers probably in, in basketball, maybe ever. Not ever, but, like, whatever. Really, and That's good. why he was sitting on the bench in the fourth quarter against the Nets. Well, you know, that's what happens. That's what, uh, Fizdale loses, lost his job over that fourth quarter. <laughs> so, um no, but uh, I think like so. What's the skill sets that are missing? It's passing and three point shooting. That's and that he only tacked those things on way later in his career at twenty four when Marcus All was a rookie because he was an old ass rookie, old fatty. Right. Um, he was not putting up anywhere near those numbers. Um, he was he was like what you know he was not he's obviously not putting up what Jaleel Okafor was doing points wise. I think he averaged like f- like eleven or something like that uh, in his rookie year. Uh, I mean, he was known right out of the gate as like a defensive center, which is something that Jaleel Okafor has, you know, obviously that's he, he will he can aspire to be an average defender. And on this team that already sucks at defense, like it's not a huge problem if he sucks at defense right now. Like he'll learn along with everybody else on this team. <laughs> <how to play laughs> Who's defense. all yeah. bad at defense. <laughs> Nobody's good. So like it yeah. doesn't that's not a weakness. that. But they have gotten better, by the way. I do want to mention that the defensive besides the Houston game. Sure. They've been a better defensive unit. Sure. Um Part of that is also pace, though, because they're paying at a slower pace, but that's no big deal. But to say that, to look at a 24-year-old Marcus Gasol and think in six years this guy's going to be a three-point shooting, like four to five assists uh, a game center, you'd be you'd be nuts. But you'd be crazy. Jaleel Okafor is statistically very similar, and I think you could probably bet that you could teach him the same skills. So if nothing else, it's worth a shot to see if that's possible, you know, that's just the basketball stuff. Now, I don't know. He could be a petulant See, like, jerk. I don't even think he... I mean, I know he had like a speeding issue and he right. got in a fight at a bar. He's 20-some years old. I, you know. I don't, I don't find those... I mean, I used to beat great. up at bars all the time. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're like... Uh, they're a reason why you shouldn't be on a team. Yeah. That, those aren't like... So those are whatevers. There's a couple of reasons why... I, uh, okay, I, w- I would like this to happen. Sort of almost a no-brainer in terms of just a pure basketball sense, right? You're getting a super talented mm-hmm. young guy who's a big, which is actually what you want, and you're getting a free workout. Because essentially, what because it's only a right. one-year deal, all these guys are free workouts. So if Jaleel Okafor ends up being actually really good for your team, there's a shot he may sign with someone else at the end of yeah. the deal. Because there's no whatever. There's no strings attached. But here's a couple of reasons why it may not happen. Sure. Okay, one is that Philly may not want to trade him in division. 
right? Sure. Um, it, there's no rivalry between the Nets and Sixers, but you would imagine just kind of the way these, like you know, these big executives I would, work. I would like to do like a breakdown of trades and divisions, like how often it happens compared to trades out, out of conference, of, or you know, it almost seems to or maybe in be, conference but out of division. It almost seems to be always out of conference. Divisions really don't mean any. Like, who cares? They anyway? don't. But so this this is the one thing. It's because this situation between Okafor and the Sixers has gotten so toxic that I feel like Colangelo has now tied up his part of his reputation, not all of it, to the fact that you know what? Actually, we don't want Okafor. He's no good. And if he were to trade them to the Nets, which are known to be a great player development franchise, and he ends up being good, it makes him look dumb. It makes Sean Marks and the Nets look smart. And there, sure. this plays part of like there's like so we remember during the Paul George debacle. So, but okay, so here's the thing. Oh, sorry yeah. to interrupt you, but do you think like they actually care when if they're talking about just assets being objectively better than another asset in, in any kind of deal that like th- the team's development skills that they're trading to them actually factors into that? Like, is this going to bite us in the butt if like if we trade them to if we trade them to the Pelicans if we trade Jalil Okafor to a team that is yeah. almost sure to suck? Yeah, like that they'll take back like Etwan Moore and that'll that'll be it. Or? Yeah. Oh, I think they would love to take back Etwan <laughs> yeah. Moore. No, I do. I think it's just... actually Etwan Moore is good, so I'm not going to say yeah. that. Someone someone really scrubbed. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Rashawn Rondo probably. Right. At this point. But I don't know. <laughs> right. But like the. I think it, there's some. There's got to be some element. I don't. Obviously, I'm not inside Bright Colangelo's head, uh, but there's got to be some element of that. They don't want Jaleel Okafor to succeed. It, they just don't. I, I'm not saying they want to try to ruin his career, but if he succeeds, it makes them look bad. Hmm. Um, so sending him to the Nets, where he's going to get playing time, he's going to be real close by. He's going to be a quick little Amtrak ride up the. You know, up 95, <laughs> even though you don't drive the Amtrak on 95. No, that's good. Kind of mixed my metaphors there <laughs> or whatever. Not even a metaphor. You just mixed it up. Um, I think there's some element of that, like, they would rather send him to the Kings. They would rather send him to sure. Memphis. The hinterlands of the NBA. They just go yeah. away. That's what they would like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, from also maybe from the Nets perspective, we talked about the fit. He doesn't exactly fit what this team wants to do. Mm-hmm. And if I'm Sean Marks, maybe I don't want uh, a roster that's filled with Mozgov, who's unplayable for most of the time, but costs me a heck of a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Jared Allen, who I do want to play, but is super inexperienced and can't really handle a ton of minutes, but like, but I do want him to grow. Mm-hmm. And then Zeller, Zeller, whatever. We all we like Zeller. I think he's the best center on this roster, like yeah. legitimately. Um, but he doesn't matter. Uh, but then to add Okafor to the mix, you're hurting Jared Allen's development a little bit. Mozgov is completely a lost asset at that point. He's gone off the page if you're going to bring in Okafor. So you're just kind of like you're diminishing the assets you have right now just a little bit. Uh, you're diminishing growth by Jared Allen. Those two guys yeah. cannot. I mean, play the together. only person's growth who I care about is Jared Allen's, but um, I I still care about Mozgov's value. <laughs> yeah, I you're still, the only person. Like they 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 are taking that loss right now. They're like the only reason we're. I playing, wonder what they're going to do. With, we're going to have to have a Mozgov discussion somewhere. All right, let's do it because he has two more years left on this contract after this season. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And you're talking about whether they stretch him? Is that you, the... so? You'd have to stretch him if you want to. You you'd want to stretch him, but the whole thing is like, well, if they get through this season and the next season, then he's this expiring contract, and expiring contracts matter now yeah. in the NBA. 
So it's almost like, okay, do you, do you no, stretch No, they're not going to stretch them. I yeah, mean, it doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. Because there's no need for money. You only stretch to, to stretch If they're in money. the position to like even be close to being good, then it'll be a great asset to have. Um, I don't... Th- okay. It makes all the sense in the world for them to get to the local for, right? Right. Like, it just does. It it would be such a great move. And the whole thing is like, they don't just get to assume Jaleel Okafor. They have to give up a little bit of something. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's where you, you say, here, take Sean Kilpatrick in return. That's yeah. how you open up that roster spot. And then we'll we'll give you... Would you give up a second-round pick in Sean Kilpatrick for Jaleel Okafor? I would. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Ultimate, ultimately, yeah. your second-round pick becomes Jaleel Okafor. And if you can get a guy who's that young and was that good... Um, who's going to be super motivated to be good again? My question is: Do they just come off that year as a like total free agent? You don't have bird rights. You don't have anything. I don't think you have anything. I don't, so that would be my one well, concern for because like, he they plays did. well, and then what? Like we have to now pay him buku bucks. And I and I, I think it's also sort of the issue of like, so you're, you're bringing them in for essentially for a four month audition. Um, you're you're inflating their value. To then they may then just go up back out on the market and you leave and then you all that production that you had gotten and all the value that you inflated into them you're not going to get back anything in return. That's like a little bit of the problem with bringing someone in like that. But it just doesn't matter. No, I think I think you take that lottery ticket shot at Jaleel Okafor. I think so too. Well, okay. So this segues nicely into our next conversation, which is about the Dinwiddie article uh, where Sam Vecini was talking about on his podcast. Uh, how Dinwiddie? How the, it might be the right time to look at trades for Spencer Dinwiddie? Which I know people people that are just there's a I think there's a significant portion of Nets fandom that's just like morally opposed to talking about trades. So if if you're one of those people, I'm sorry, we're about to talk about a prospective trade here, and yes. don't hate us for it. It's just because we have this podcast thing, and it's we need to talk we about do, stuff do it twice from, a week, from time and to time, bring up stuff. Um, not to say that we want this to happen, because Lord knows we love us some Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, but, you know, doing our due diligence, um, it, there is an argument there, right? No, completely, because I think he has this year next year on his contract for super cheap money. $1.5 million. Okay, so that, that, means, that means that he can be put onto any team pretty much no question. Right. Um, he is, if not... Uh, like a bottom tier starter in the NBA. And I think like the way he's playing is actually better than a bottom tier starter in the NBA. He would be the best backup point guard on pretty much any team you put him on. Yeah. Like besides maybe Golden State, if you really love Sean Livingston, but I mean, I do, do I, mean, I? He, could, he could start like in, in the absence of Seth Curry or something, he could be starting for Dallas. He could be, he could be starting for a fair, a couple of teams. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. so what, what as a Nets fan, Brian, if the, if you saw the headline, it said "Nets get this for Spencer Dinwiddie" would make you happy. Oh boy! So when they were talking about, they were talking about like a mid to late first rounder, which would no. make which would I, I would say no, Big, absolutely capital not. capital N O. So no, with all due respect to San Vicini, like that would be a very bad trade at this at this particular yeah. juncture. You want you're selling as high as you possibly can on on a guy who's basically breaking out right now. He's 24 years old. Um, it's a it's a pretty ripe time, and you're doing it way on a, on an amazing contract. The risks are so low, you really have to put something of value in. So a mid to late first rounder plus a like promising young prospect, I would say, is kind of the market for him right now. And like so, and I would even say so. It's that or it's a lottery pick. Yeah, 
in the lottery. But not, the whole thing with that is that, like, what team in the lottery is going to trade for a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie? Like, that that doesn't really make sense for that team that may be making this this mystical yeah. team out there that well, may the, be making this trade. The mystical team is, like, basically we need a backup point guard really bad. So And we're competitive right now. So who is that team? I don't know. So, like, the thing <laughs> is, is, like, again, my Wizards, I'm not, mm-hmm. I know I bring them up a lot, but it's just because I know them intimately – um, they would love Spencer Dinwiddie, right? They right. have never had a good backup point guard of John Wall. John Wall gets hurt. Um, he, Spencer Dinwiddie may become third guard. The problem with that, though, is that, like, okay, so what first-round pick are you going to be giving the Nets? What's, what's also great about him playing on the Wizards is Bradley Beal's always hurt, too, and he can slide him in at the two. Yeah, so you, so that's, and again, that's why his value is so incredible right mm-hmm. now because you can kind of put him wherever you want, and yeah. he's, what, he's, like, 6'5"? Six, 6'6", six, six, they say. So you could like if you really want to, you could play him at the three in a small mm-hmm. guard type lineup. You, sure. There's just a lot of flexibility. Um, but the problem is, it's like you look at the Wizards; they're not going to give up Kelly Oubre and a first round pick. So you're not going to do that because that's that that would be crazy. Basically, you just get a first round pick for Spencer Dinwiddie. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have Spencer Dinwiddie for two years than a first round pick in the twenties, right? Yeah. And you certainly don't have to do it now. Like you can wait till. You know, for until draft or whatever, like the, that value doesn't change for a little while. Um, to me, the interesting thing is combining Spencer Dinwiddie with something else to then get even a bigger piece of something, some big old pie mm-hmm. that you maybe want. Like, not that the Celtics would do this, but saying Celtics, here's a really good backup point guard. They don't need this, but like someone on a team like that where they have additional future assets that they don't really care about because they're, they're making their push. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, Here's Spencer Dinwiddie and give us a first-round pick, not this year coming up, but the year after that, that's unprotected completely. And just to see what happens. Um, maybe a team like Detroit, because Detroit's kind of desperate right now. Yeah. Orlando's kind of desperate. The thing that I would say that they wouldn't, Detroit wouldn't do is because they had already taken a flyer on, on Spencer beforehand. But, and that would just be like egg on the face kind of a move. But did was he under Van Gundy at that point? Uh, I want to say yes, but that could be wrong. You know the team that may want to do it would be a team like Orlando just because they're making this playoff push. They do need point guard help and you could convince them and say, give us an unprotected in 2019, which I don't think would happen. And then you can make that kind of deal. But like overall, I don't think it's going to happen. Spencer Dinwiddie trade. Um, I would demand way too much if I'm Sean Marks. Right. And it just is like, so this is my my point in this is that this is a massive litmus test for what kind of a franchise that we're going to have right now or where we think we are in our growth cycle. Sure. Um, because if you keep Spencer Dinwiddie and you run the risk of having a like Sean Livingston type situation where um, I mean, the difference was we couldn't afford to pay. We were over the, you know, um, the threshold or whatever and couldn't pay Sean Livingston. So it's a little bit different. Like maybe if you were in the market, Sean Livingston would have stayed potentially because you would really you know, resurrected a career that was just not there. Uh, right. Similarly, Spencer Dinwiddie has his stock was, you know, he's in the D League, he's playing, or G League, he's playing um, well, but like, you know, uh, we resurrected that person's career. Like, I don't know how much, I think that there is a an actual um, level of like, you know, there's a, there's a bond and a commitment to a, a franchise that does that for you. I think like when we did that for Gerald Green many years ago, he really wanted to, but again, we didn't have the money to pay him. Um, in this case, we would have the money to pay Spencer Dinwiddie probably what probably the, what's the most out there. Like uh, honestly, like uh, I, I would be really interested if this growth continues to see what he gets in in the market. I mean, it'd probably be a lot, but um, it would be a lot. It w- it would be a lot. And so now, 
and this is another factor sorted into this Spencer Dinwiddie discussion mm-hmm. is almost like what the Sixers were four years ago, where they were make they were trading Michael Carter Williams and Drew Holiday and guys who were at least at the time Michael Carter Williams was good yeah. and Drew Holiday was really good. It's like does Sean Marks think the timeline for this team to be good is two seasons? Right. Because if it's not two seasons, if it's three or four, Spencer Dinwiddie actually doesn't really make sense for this team right. because in three or four he's getting paid 15 million dollars a year right that's that's what kind of he's on pace on if he can be a six six point guard who can shoot threes and not turn over the ball that's 15 million dollars a year pretty easily yeah um good for him mazel tough he was on our pod friend of the show friend of the show so we want that for him we yeah. want spencer to get all the money in the world we want him to get make more money than steph curry that's what we want all of everything we also want him to be a net but if sean marks think that this team is not going to be good for a couple more seasons longer then actually it does make sense to trade Spencer Dinwiddie at a high value point, which it is right now. Um, but I'd be against it. I'd be upset with it. I want him to be on the team. I don't care what their st- right. what their books are going to look like two years from now. So the litmus test there is like, is this going to be a cutthroat, you know, Danny Ainge style yes. franchise, or is this going to be? <clears throat> are we going to like the go- Spurs? Are they going to be the Spurs? Right. Are we going to remarks- assume that there is an actual? you know relationship there between the the players and the in the franchise well, and like classically the spurs have been able to underpay people get them on good yeah. deals because they want to stay within this ecosystem that's been built by pop so do do the nets are the nets building that now jeremy lynn seems to be a part of this yeah. already feet to the say? fire do they trade spencer dinwiddie ever yes <laughs> yes really i think they do i think they eventually do um, well, okay, on this contract, do you think they do? Yes. Yeah. I think so. I think because if he continues to play this well, there's actually going to be a lot of teams that are really going to be begging to get him. Just because yeah. his contract is so low, and there's going to be teams that are desperate to get a guy like that on the roster. And I don't think there's going to be a lot of desperation from the Nets to keep him. Just because, again, timeline factor for this team overall... They have D'Angelo Russell. Like, really, what kind of team are you building if it's D'Angelo Russell and Spencer Dinwiddie? I like those two together because Dinwiddie doesn't demand to be the main guy in terms of having the ball all the time, but he can do that, and he can play next to D'Angelo. That's two tall guards. I love that. I love tall guards. Come on, Ron Harper till I die. But, um, yes, I think ultimately they do. What do you think? Um, Honestly, like, my heart is telling me no, but my brain is telling me Yes. But your body, yeah. your nice body. Is Did you know that Spencer yeah. Dinwiddie is 19th right now in real plus minus, which is a stat that I actually looked into, and I kind of think it's a great stat. Whoever is behind, I roll in. Right whoever now. is doing real anything plus that minus, says plus minus makes me puke. Well, real plus minus is actually a her- know, it's Herculean uh, undertaking. It's it's, yeah. it's 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 three ball style, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like um, monastic. Uh, craziness because you have to basically average everyone's real uh, everyone's plus minus against the players that are playing at the time that they're playing which is um as crazy as it sounds um and so he ranks very high you know in his very small but it seems like the eye test the deep analytics are all passing all of the necessary absolutely you know milestones and he's he's breaking he's fully on his way to breaking out um, so yes. it's super exciting. Um, so my heart is saying, please, no, don't. And Spencer, I hope you stay with us forever. But my brain is saying, like, if if it gets really juicy, there's not a whole lot of incentive. And honestly, like, if we're not going to be good, like you're saying, 
you know, if, if we really, if the vision is four years from now, it's in everyone's best interest to part ways, unfortunately. Sadly, desperately. <laughs> Everyone leave. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but, and I will say, I don't think it is. Yeah. Like, I do think this season is what it is. It's going to be, they're competitive. I'm like, it's too heavy. Next season, I do think next season they're going to make the playoffs. I'll already say this whoa, right now. Whoa, whoa. Who was on crack? I think, Sorry, the, I I think they'll make the playoffs. I just had to drop some drops because things were getting a little tense. Um, do we have anything else before we get to the our famous Spencer Dinwiddie tweets? I mean, it kind of pairs nicely with our The Spencer last Dinwiddie. thing that I wanted to talk about, this will just to be a brief snippet, is sure. you know, part of the Spencer Dinwiddie thing, parlaying off of that, uh, is like we're going to lure him in with this uh, you know, connection to the franchise. Um, part of that means living in Brooklyn, which 14 of our 15 <laughs> players do. Outside, and the only one that doesn't is Sean Kilpatrick, who lives with his folks up there in White Plains or something. And I totally respect that. And uh, Joe Harris lives in, in Brooklyn. Uh, and I know that because he was on New York One News. Uh, Love it. So Spectrum funny. News. My, though, yeah. my, the bit, <laughs> in the first 20 seconds, uh, he's at like a random coffee shop, and they're like they've set up these these shots where he's just like walking around the neighborhood. Yeah, I love those, <laughs> and um, they're really um, hilarious. And my favorite one is he's sitting there, and he's like, "People don't recognize me," <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's probably just pe- people being polite or whatever." But <clears throat> no, but probably not. Um, and good. He is the most generic looking. I actually like Googled like as part of like the joke. I was like, "How am I going to make this joke generic looking white guy?" And it's there's like an emoji that just looks exactly like, <laughs> like Joe Harris. Joe Harris? <laughs> yeah, but he's he's gonna be a, a rich generic looking white guy because he keeps shooting another the way guy, he's shooting. Another guy who's like we have some we have some people that are breaking out right now and who are gonna have real NBA careers. And we didn't the really discuss this happening. I honestly, we, can we get back to Milton Doyle for just a second? Yes, please. If you don't know Milton Doyle, who we loved, all right, he was the guy who was wearing a shirt in the D League. He was wearing a, a regular T shirt. Yeah. Underneath a jersey, loved him from Loyola, Chicago. Um, his mom's a great tweeter. I'll give her a shout out again. Mm-hmm. He has had two thirty-point games back to back. You gotta have two of them to have back to back in the G League for the Long Island Nets. Yeah, firing it up from three, looking great. Let's give him a look. Let's give him a look. If there's any way we can give him a little bit of a look here with the Nets, maybe coming up, maybe we trade Sean Kilpatrick. Uh, I would love to see Milton Doyle. Just check out Milton Doyle. Yeah, Long Island Nets. I watched that uh, Grand Rapids Grand Rapid Drive game where he had 32 points. It was a competent 32 points. Did did not look like a um, a mistake, like a like a fluke. You know what? Also, was not a fluke. Brian hit me. Um, the puns that we received about Spencer Dinwiddie before the Thanksgiving holiday trades. These aren't trades. Before the Thanksgiving holiday, I tweeted out from the at BK Glue Guys account. Give us your best Woo! Spencer Dinwiddie name puns i think puns is the right term for yep. what we decided sure um in it we put something on the line we put a t-shirt from our favorite t-shirt provider flatbush and atlantic mm-hmm. um one of our favorite fans out there who's just been tweeting us like crazy and we love yeah. him and he's an enterprising young person and i and we love that up in here so check out his shirts yeah you'll find him on twitter he's everywhere does Nets theme shirts? They're great. They're creative. They're beautiful. We're gonna give one away right here on this podcast, Brian. We're giving it away. Wow, that's what the kind of show we are. Remember wow. when we gave out a D Will jersey and no one wanted it? <laughs> we gave it. We by the way, the, one of the most uh, coveted objects that we ever gave away was a Nets Snap On koozie that was hotly. That was over. from you, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was that, that the old school one? The old yeah, one? yeah. It was in the family for years. Um. Okay. So I just wanted to also shout out, like, you know, there's a lot of great submissions at BK Glue Guys. So they did it. 
Um, I wanted to honorable mentions first, then we'll go three, two, one. Okay. Can I can I be part of the honorable mentions? I, I didn't do it, but I wanted to. I was yeah, gonna please do. tell people what you're trying to do. <laughs> I, this, I spent way too long, uh, probably a hard ninety minutes trying to f- trying to record my voice over the instrumental track of of Kid Rock's "Ba with the Ba," doing <laughs> "Din with the D." <laughs> I'm so glad you just did that. So glad. Put that on tape. That was actually um, better than probably any of the takes you did because yeah. that sounded pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I couldn't get the din with the D dispenser din with the diddy kind of. But I couldn't. Here's the thing: I couldn't belt it enough. Uh, Kid Rock really. I gotta give him credit. He's yeah. a talent. He really is. Um, anyway, so that's I'm inserting myself into the <laughs> honorable mentions. But go ahead. All right, dishonorable mentions. All right, honorable <laughs> mentions here. Uh, we'll go. We got four of them. At Steel Nets is the first. He said, "Do you mean Thanksgiving din?" Nur. Uh, Very funny. Wow. At wow. Matt in AQ. These are the dad This really goes like into your dad joke. I'm offended. <laughs> dad jokes are, they're not dad, they're funny. Jo- they're jokes. <laughs> they're okay. just funny jokes. Uh, at Matt in AQ says, Din Sane in the membrane. Love that. Uh, at Right Hero, Witty Spencer. I just liked it. Mm. And at Ignorant Nets fan, Spencer is a Din Witty player. Witty, W. I T T Y. Clever. Okay, here's the top three, Brian. Are you ready for the top three? (laughs) Number three is at Schloes and Hose. Nice. Dinwidanapolis, Indiana. Wow. I like that because it has nothing to do with basketball. And well, just is, you know, Indiana's a pretty. It's, yeah, a, it's yeah. a mecca. But I just liked it. It was a little. Just it's it's a pure pun. It's a N- mecca. No, so yeah, sure. no basketball. Yeah, yeah. So that's number three. You don't win anything. Pure, but congratulations. pure funny joke. Yeah, yeah. Loved it. <laughs> um, at J Taz Show, who was sending us a lot of great ones. At J Taz Show, thank you very much. I just chose one of them. It probably should be the winner. I apologize that it's not. Wow. But wow, I, you're Steve Harveying him. Getting Dinwiddie with it. Of course, classic can't go wrong with that. Din with the D, the din, the weed, the din. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying to steal the show. <laughs> Please be quiet when I'm doing this, Brian. Uh, getting Din Witty with it was actually the Nets account then tweeted out their own getting Din Witty with it. Um, oh, they bogarted? Also, it? by the way, Spencer retweeted our call for, for puns. So thank you, Spencer Din Witty, for retweeting our call for puns. Wow. Um, Jay Taz, that is number two on the list. So I really appreciate it. But the number one. The winner of the Flatbush and Atlantic T-shirt, the funniest pun for Spencer Dinwiddie is. At W.A. underscore Saab underscore. And I will find you on Twitter again. Uh, So many Dinwiddiums to choose from, but I'm on the Spence about whether to actually take a shot at this. That is the number one Woo! tweet to do Woo! Spencer Dinwiddie. You're done. Who was on? You're just a baby boy. Just getting you... a, a drop extravaganza. That one, I'll explain why that one. We have three kind of puns in there. We have a Dinwiddieism, Wittiums, Dinwiddieums, uh, which is which is what this thing is, and he put it into Dinwiddie, which is beautiful. Mm. Spence, I'm on the Spence about it. His name is Spencer Dinwiddie. It's like fence. Yeah, everyone's got it, dude. What are you doing? And right? actually, and I don't. This is kind of a low key. And I don't know if you meant this, but you said take God. a shot at this. A shot is what you do at a basketball game. Wow. 
And I don't know if he meant to put that in there because he didn't emphasize it anyway. Safe, safe bet he did. Safe bet. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, at Wasab, you're Wasab. our winner. Hey. We will follow you on Twitter. We will get your information, and we will send you a T-shirt at our leisure. You're going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see that T-shirt. Whatever, whatever we would have sent it. In due course, friend. And if you want to buy a T-shirt, you're, well, this isn't sponsored by Flypush and Atlantic, but I, I feel like we've never given anyone this much run. Um, but uh, it is sponsored. We're going to be doing this all the time. It's, we're, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a freaking crazy with these t-shirts. We're going to be throwing them off the top of the roof. All right, so that's our show today, um, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, BK at BK Glue, guys. Almighty Baller Radio, uh, NetsDaily.com. You already know that. If you would, oh, we have some exciting guests coming up. I just want to say, no, we will have Anthony Puccio on. Oh, Net Income. We're going to have him come on. Oh. eventually. Um, I reached out to someone on Instagram. I haven't heard back from them yet. Yeah. Can't tell you who it is. Big get. Big get. That's a good hint. Um, we are going to next week do a th- something that I want to do, but I don't know if Brian really wants to do. I want to do it. Okay. It's about, it has to do with Star Wars. Why do you say that? I want to do it. I want to do it. You want to do it? Yeah, I want to do it. All right. We'll do it. So it's going to be best service. Anyways, five stars on iTunes. Pretty please. It's, it's, I mean, not pretty please. That sounds pathetic. But it is the easiest, cheapest way to help the show, and it does help a lot. Everything that advertises on our show, buy everything you can from them. Oh, yeah. Harry's Razors. Please do buy some of that stuff. <laughs> you know, whatever else. Yeah, just, it really does help. Yeah. Just you know. buy it all. Buy it all. Yeah. Uh, buy the Glue Guys box set on DVD coming out t- Christmas. <laughs> Christmas? <laughs> Christmas Day. We're printing those. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, You're thanks, dumb. everybody. Um, where is the outro button? Oh, wow. This is bad. Here we go. See ya. See ya.